Welcome everyone to Good Night and Good Game, your Geek News Roundup for the week that was. I'm your host, James, and with me this week is my co-host, Hector. Hello. This week on the show, we are playing catch-up. Due to life busyness, we had to miss that on last week's show, and wow, what a week to miss the news. Uh, So this week, we're going to talk about everything fun and geeky from the last couple weeks. Uh, For those of you listening to us via the podcast, you'll notice some minor changes. Obviously, we've been working on the sound quality for a while. Um, We got a new intro and exit and sound effect themes this week. So hopefully when this goes live, you'll be able to hear our new, uh, just created specifically for us, intro and exit themes. That's right. Original content. Original content. Just for you. Just for you. Super excited about it. Um, You know, I'm actually going to link in the episode description to the artist that actually uh, composed the music for us. Um, I found them through Fiverr and they were extremely talented, worked with me very specifically all on my really weird needs. Um, I made a kind of a mood board for the feel of things and he's like, oh yeah, let me do this and took a week and talked with me. And it's just really cool to get an end product that we get to listen to it and like, hey, that's our show. Like we just, we have that for us now. Before we start, don't forget that you can head over to goodnight.gg, where as a patron of our show, you can suggest topics for us to talk about. With all that out of the way, it's time for The Prelude. Prelude. Hey everyone, welcome to The Prelude. It's time to dive into what we've been up to this week, what we've been playing, what we've been watching, what's been occupying our free time, and what has been making us happy. Hector, what do you got for me this week? Oh, I got all kinds of fun stuff for you this week. Uh, Let me see here. Just um, so we we both watched two things, so we'll save those for the end. Sure. So I'm going to start off by talking about East of Eden. All right. Now I've talked about this game once before, but I am talking about it extra this week, um, and it's been about a year since I talked about it mm-hmm. because the first time I had it, uh, it was on Game Pass, and that was mm-hmm. fine. And but I just got it on Steam from a friend who got it through a humble bundle and already owned it. Okay. This is a really really fun game. It's a four by four grid where you have a CCG-style collectible hand of cards yeah. that come up randomly that you can reshuffle at any time. You also have a mana bar that slowly recharges over time. Mm. And on this 4x4 grid, your abilities will land where they land relative to where you're standing in the 4x4 grid. Mm-hmm. Because it's... Wait, let, let me explain that. It's two 4x4 grids, one for you, one for your opponent. Okay. Right? So you basically cast your spells, and they land where they're going to land based on where you're standing in the 4x4 grid, mm-hmm. and your opponent's job is to dodge what you're doing while hitting you with their stuff. Okay. Now, it sounds relatively simple, but this game gets so complicated and so fast and so interesting, and there's so much inter- interesting interplay with the uh, the mechanics of how, you're, how you put together your deck and how the game's going to work. Mm-hmm. Super, super cool. The reason that I'm talking about it again is because... Um, I've always had a hard time playing it in front of my PC. I got a big, powerful, angry PC that just can't wait for, you know, Metro Exodus or Cyberpunk or mm-hmm. whatever, you know, big budget game I can I can run through it and it can chew up and spit out. It loves it. So when I tend to play the smaller indie stuff, I'm usually like, well, I'd really rather like to be doing this from like my couch or something. Sure. Or, you know... Something like that. I don't tend to want to play Slay the Spire on my PC. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Because you're sitting in your chair and you yeah. kind of sit in a chair for work all day. Yep. And yeah. So anyway, this week, my house was blessed with a Steam Deck. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I happened to be on the very early adopter list and got my reservation in right under the radar before everyone else started getting theirs in. So I got mine relatively early compared to most people. Mm-hmm. It is amazing. It is so much bigger than it looks in the pictures <laughs> because the screen is huge, but it's surprisingly thin and lightweight. And when I got it, it had all the most 
beautiful, easy to understand instructions with pictures on them in multiple languages. And the box advertised very hard that it was all recyclable. Everything nice. that you took out of it that went into the case that it came with mm-hmm. was great. And everything else could go right in the recycle. Oh, but that's cool. This thing, the, the screen is gorgeous and it works really well. And as soon as I opened it up, signed into Steam, and it just displayed my library, it started making recommendations for games that it plays that play really well on it. Mm-hmm. And right there at the front was East of Eden. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, yeah, let me give that a try. Yeah. And I played a bunch of hours of East of Eden while watching television. Nice. And it was amazing. So yeah, East of Eden, fantastic game. Uh, second thing on the list is a game called Infernax. Okay. Infernax is a very much a Castlevania-like, okay. and I mean like NES Castlevania-like. Ooh, um, yeah, okay. I'm talking like 8-bit style, these graphics are. Same with the sounds, but it is a big, big Castlevania game. Think like Simon's Quest, but mm-hmm. like dial it up to 11. Mm-hmm. There are a bunch of optional quests that you can miss. There is a whole morality system where you have to make choices between like doing a kind thing or doing the expedient thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like several endings and all kinds of things like that. Mm-hmm. And I started playing it, you know, on the Steam Deck. Right. And I finally mm-hmm. put like some actual time in That's into cool. it. That's cool. That sounds like a lot of fun. It was so, so good. Um, the last thing I have before everything that we have together is actually an audiobook. Okay. I've been listening to the audiobook Blood, Sweat, and Chrome. This mm-hmm. is the telling of the making of Mad Max Fury Road. Ooh. And it is so, so, so good. It has a lot of, and the audiobook is fantastic for a lot of reasons. Um, apparently, the actual book came with a bunch of like pictures and stuff, and you can get a PDF for that sort of thing. When it comes to audiobooks, I almost never look at any of that shit. Right. I just can't be ar- arsed. You know, no. it's like I, I did this for the audio experience. And, I, and as soon as I found out, there. Because when the book starts, it's like there's a supplemental PDF with a bunch of stuff in it. I was like, oh, man, what if there's not much substance to the book and it's all like in the pictures? Mm -hmm. Dead wrong. Absolutely dead wrong. Not only do they have a bunch of excerpts of like a lot of the book is just excerpts from the cast and crew talking in interviews about making the movie at the different stages. And they put like a chronology together. So it all Mm -hmm. goes in order. But they also got voice actors to do all of the characters. Oh, that's So when fun. you get Tom Hardy, you get some guy doing the most cockney accent you've ever heard being <laughs> Tom Hardy. You get, But Love some that. of them are like actual people. Like, I can swear to God, Charlie Theron is just Charlie Theron. Hmm. All right. Um, but yeah, it details all of the drama, all of the painstaking things that go on all the way through to creating the movie, releasing the movie, critical reception, the award season, the Oscars. Wow. And all of the t- all of the chapters have the most amazing titles. Mm-hmm. Like you're awaited in Valhalla, witness me, um mm-hmm. uh some kind of redemption. Like like just it's all very much like dialed into the movie that you remember so much. And it's all like almost entirely told in between the snippets where they establish what's going on in this part of the book and where we are in the production cycle, just told by the people who are there. That's awesome. That sounds so good. And I can't wait for everyone to listen to it because if, if, if you love this movie as much as I do, and if you don't, We can't be friends, (laughs) but if you love this movie as much as I do, this is such an amazing way to experience because you have everyone from, you know, the guy who was down there in in the Namibian desert, like welding things onto cars in the middle of the day, all the way up 
to George Miller, like, doing the fucking, like, yeah, this is what I thought at the moment. I thought we were fucked. Wow. <laughs> you know? And you hear that a lot. Because it took him, like, 25 years to make this movie. Mm. And he almost started making it, like, four different times. Right. And, yeah, there's a lot that goes on to it. This movie has quite the history. And a lot of really candid conversations, especially between um, Charlie Theron and... Um, Main actor whose name, although I said it earlier, I just forgot. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy Hardy. who plays Max. Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all the way down to like the drama that they had on set. And there was a lot because their acting styles are very different. Oh, okay. Um, and, and just their professionalism is on a very different level. Mm-hmm. So there was a there was a lot of drama on set and mm-hmm. a lot of like people, a lot of people, not just the main actors, not understanding what was going on. But you get a lot of really amazing in-depth ideas and interviews from the people who did it about what George wanted on the project. Mm. Good example. All of the wives um, that, 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 you know, um, Immortan Joe's like harem. Yeah. Um, we're all doing their thing and, you know, on set. And George just happened to know and find close by the original author of the vagina monologues, mm-hmm. who was somewhere else in Africa doing a conference on fucking sex trafficking and human slavery. Mm-hmm. And he had he contacted her. She thought it was amazing after reading the script. And the ideas behind it. And she just came to the set and started doing workshops with, wow. with not just the wives, but also like all of the stunt actors who were actually being put through the ringer and asked to act and asked to like get into character. Right. Because they were so much of the movie mm-hmm. and just, you know, kind of explaining to them the aspects of people's lives who actually go through this. And, you know, trying to explain to them how people normally feel in these situations, because Mm. it's not just anger and hatred. It's also like a weird kind of Stockholm syndrome Mm. and almost like a defense of what's happening to you as if, no, it's not bad. I'm not being abused like that type of stuff. So, so many details like that. I cannot recommend this book enough. It is phenomenal. Okay. Um, we'll jump into a couple things for me real quick. A lot of my stuff was boring this week. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I caught up on the flash. I was looking for something <laughs> to just veg out on. Like I wanted to play my switch on my couch and not think. So CW shows, that's what they're there for. So finish the flash. And I was like, oh yeah, I never actually finished Supergirl. I need to probably do that. And it's literally just me checking out and just like letting the show play. It's the last season of Supergirl. So I'll be done with it after this. Mm-hmm. At this point, I'm just knocking all the CW DC shows off my bucket list. Cause I'm already far enough in at this yeah. point and they're all going away soon. Then I'm just like, I might as well just fucking do it. Yeah, whether I, cause whether, fallacy, whether, let's go. whether I like it or not, I'm just going to fucking do it. <laughs> I mean, eat that last bowl of soba. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's talk about a TV show first and then a movie uh, real quick. Uh, talk about a TV show. Hulu, the bear, the bear. Hands down, my opinion, probably the best thing I have watched all fucking year. It's definitely the best TV show I've watched this year. Yes. Like, by a lot. TV-wise. And and that is saying so much. Mm -hmm. That is saying a lot, because there have been a lot of really good shows. I'm right in the middle of Westworld Season 4. I'm loving that. I've loved a lot. I've I've loved a a fair few shows this year, but The Bear seems like one of those things that is going to stick with me. A lot Mm. like Mad Max Fury Road. A lot like... um, I mean, The Shield, The Wire. Mm-hmm. When I think of shows told this well, this succinctly and this concretely, I, I think about things that came out years and years and even decades ago mm-hmm. that still just sit in my head yeah. and on the list of the best things ever. And when people say, what was the best thing that happened between here and here? I have an answer, and I'm pretty sure The Bear is going to be it for this. The Bear is 
30 minutes, 30 minute episodes, only eight episodes and some of the most impactful storytelling. But we're kind of deviating from what. So what's the basic premise of the bear? Right. So the bear is a story about a um, highly regarded and um, successful chef whose brother, who owns a small restaurant in his hometown of Chicago, um, he kills himself. And we find this out very early in the episode. This is not a spoiler. His brother killed himself and left him his restaurant. And his brother, who is, you know, out in Europe, you know, running one of the best restaurants in the world, basically comes home to save his brother's dying restaurant to a crew of people who don't want him there, who don't want to work mm-hmm. with him. And... uh and it's in Chicago, so everyone's very rude yeah, all of the time. Um, and yeah, that's the premise of the show. And it sounds like a very... It sounds very vague, it sounds or it's light, intentional. It sounds like a light premise for it to carry an entire show, but it is so... It is a dark, it is a dark show. It's a dark show. It's incredibly well told. It's The cinematography deserves every award mm-hmm. I've ever seen. The acting. The, the acting is just knocked it's right just out of the so park good. by every character. Yeah. If this is your thing, it's definitely mine. One of the episodes takes place in one or two very long shots. I think it's actually one full shot. The episode that you're thinking Well, it's meant to look like one full shot, but there is literally a 17 minute uncut section yeah. in that like 24 minute episode yep. it is remarkable um so yeah yeah I, I can't recommend it enough it even ended in such a way that i was like this could be the end and i'd be super cool but also please more please yeah. god more like yeah yeah the bear can't it, yeah it, 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 it's, it was, it's worth it, your time it's a two-day binge at the most yeah it was originally slated to um not or it was originally said to just be one season. They yeah. were just going to do the one season. And the everything came back and they're like, yeah, we're going to do another season, but we got to wait a while because we got to figure out where to go with this. Mm-hmm. So absolutely fantastic. Highly recommend. Um, real quick, just a notable, I know we're getting close to time on this. Uh, Uncoupled on Netflix. Oh, yeah. Neil Patrick Harris. Um, story of a 40-year-old uh, gay man who is... Uh, broken up with by his significant other. Also another really short show where mm-hmm. it's like eight episodes. Eight episodes, about half an hour long. long. Yeah, this yeah. is a really good way to tell stories, TV. Yeah. I hope you're listening. And it is hilarious and sad and it's just a whole roller coaster. Definitely worth watching. Um, the last thing that we watched together, which we won't get in too much detail about, but we did go see, which was we went and saw Jordan Peele's Nope. Oh, man. I forgot we hadn't talked about Nope. Yeah. What can you say? What, what can you say? What, I, I, we, I Go can't watch say anything without spoiling the movie. Yeah. Um, don't watch a trailer. Yeah, don't watch trailers. Even though the trailers, even that second one that we didn't really appreciate seeing in the theater bo- the weekend before, mm. uh, it, it didn't ruin anything about the movie. And yeah. I, I was still surprised every time I was supposed to be substra- su- surprised. Yeah. Um, spoiler alert. Uh, Jordan Peele likes to subvert your expectations when he makes horror movies. Yeah. And it's not um, horror in the classical, it's going to scare you kind of way. Right. Uh, well, Jordan, neither was Get Out. Yeah. And Us was like a slasher, but it, Jordan I mean, Peele it was does, light on spooks. It yeah. was heavy on... It's unsettling. Yeah. It, That's it, what it, he it's does. disturbing as fuck. And it is definitely telling you something it's yeah. telling you what the what the author is trying to fucking tell you yeah. but the uh, the acting was phenomenal you cannot miss with nope it's amazing 
Um, yeah, yeah. There, there, there's, it's, it's, it's very, very good. Go watch it. Go watch it in theaters. It yeah. is a theater movie. I don't say that about a lot of things. Last night I watched Lightyear at my in my home, and I was like, this was okay at home. This, yeah. this was fine. Um, but yeah, please watch an open theaters yeah, if you, you can do so yeah. safely. If you can do so safely. Yeah. All right, that's everything that we have for the prelude this week. We're gonna take a small break. When we come back, we'll be going into our main segment and our only segment this week in the weekly raid. The weekly raid. Hey everyone, this is the Weekly Radar News Highlights for the week. Kicking things off, it was announced that the upcoming ninth season of The Flash will be its last. The season itself will also be shortened to 13 episodes. Cool. Yeah, I'm, and I, I stopped watching The Flash like three seasons ago. Yeah. I'm, I, I, I pretty much declared myself done with the CW at a certain point, and I, I haven't you gone back. You know we're going back to Riverdale at some point. Oh, yeah. well, I, I will definitely go back and watch Riverdale. They're all just so hot. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not too old to say that they're all hot, <laughs> and and I like watching them do things. You right. know, it's 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 just an, it requires just enough brain that I don't feel like I'm watching Love Island or The Bachelor. <laughs> you know, but every everyone's so hot, and they're just running around being pretty and doing pretty people things, and and I like and it. And then also bat shit, and and, and then the bat shit storylines are like icing on the cake. Yeah. Um, yeah. But when it comes to your DCCW, you're just tapped. I, I'm tapped. I, I do. I absolutely want to go back and, and watch Legends of Tomorrow. That is on my list of TV that like that passes me by that. I'm like, do not miss this. Go back. Yeah. And now that I got the Steam Deck, I'm probably going to do a lot of that. Yeah. But um, yeah, the rest of them, I, I don't give a shit. Well, OK, save one. Save one. Superman and Lois season two, first episode just dropped on HBO Max. Okay. And I loved the first season of that show. That, that is, show is almost treated differently it than is. It has the CW. Bigger shows. budget, better writing because it doesn't come out on the CW. It comes out on HBO Max. Mm-hmm. And they really take a lot of care of that show. And they really try not to like tie it too much into the arrow. Yeah. It really yeah. is its own thing. I mean, they literally separated the universe, right? Yeah. Just so we wouldn't have to deal with it. Yeah. But like the Flash has to do so he can't just time travel there. He has to do some <laughs> shit yeah. to get there. So yeah. Yeah, um, that's a wonderful show. Um, but the rest of the CW, yeah, that, I mean, I, I, I don't care. Yeah, I completely agree. Again, I'm just kind of in it because I'm, I'm this far invested. I just mm-hmm. have to. Yeah. So that's where we're at. Um, earlier, it was announced this year that uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and Martin Scorsese were going to executive produce the film The Devil in the White City for Hulu. I'm sorry, it's a series. The series is based on Eric Larson's book about the serial killer H.H. H. Holmes. Uh, very fascinating story if you've never learned about H.H. H. Holmes. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes place during the World's Fair. This is a true story, a true serial killer. It has a hotel room or it has a hotel with like secret passages and stuff in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And he was just a serial killer, just, just like horrible, atrocious things. But serial killer is your thing. AJ Holmes is fascinating. Um, that being said, uh, this week it was announced that Keanu Reeves is actually going to be the star of this. So you have um, DiCaprio oh. and Scorsese producing and Keanu Reeves is your star. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to watch that. Yeah. Shit. That sounds great. Yeah, super excited about that. Um, Noah Hotley's um, Alien series for FX has finally been greenlit to start filming. Um, it starts <laughs> it starts filming in 2023 and will take place on Earth decades before the events of the original film. I mean, yeah, literally anything Noah Hawley does pump it into my veins and brain. I mean, this is Legion. This is you Fargo. You have to. So I haven't seen Fargo yet, but obviously we're Legion fans here. Yeah. Um, I have read a lot of stories in the alien universe that takes place on Earth, and it usually doesn't end well. Mm-hmm. And so I find it difficult, and, and I'm sure he may do right by this, mm-hmm. 
But the idea that you're setting an alien series way before the events of alien on earth mm-hmm. and like the earth just doesn't get absolutely railed. Yeah. Like, you're going to have to, you're going to have to play with my expectations a little bit here. Yeah. And I mean, there's no one better to do it. I think um, I've never not just absolutely loved something that he's made. And he, he has a way of setting a tone mm. to his shows that just carry through the entire series. Yeah. Um, Legion is a great Legion example is one of that. The most beautiful shows I've ever seen. Absolutely. I'm sorry, the cinematography alone, just yeah. so gorgeous. Yeah, Fargo by exactly the same. I don't even know at the end of the day if I could tell you what Legion is about. Yeah. It's like watching <laughs> Twin Peaks. Yeah, yeah. You, you know it and you see the art. You talk about the characters, not the plot, right? Yeah, you talk about the characters. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. In Twin Peaks, you don't talk about the plot. Twin yeah. Peaks. You talk about the characters. And that's exactly what Legion is. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, I'm just along for the ride. This yeah. shit's fucking... You're just like, why is there a musical randomly? See, there's two... <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> I'm on a side tangent. There's these two schools of thought where you have something like... Let's go back to Riverdale, mm-hmm. where it's just like a weird-ass plot that happens, but like it's coherent and consistent and you can kind of rely on it being weird every week and then every so often there's a musical episode like once a season you're like yeah that's a thing that happens or just to throw a number in in the middle of an episode to like a popular song and it's fun I guess but But, but an episode of Legion it's just absolutely gorgeous for that one hour start to finish and the entire musical episode might very well be an episode and you'll probably walk away from it going that was beautiful I don't know if I could recap that for you but I do know that that was pretty yeah. And you know what? Worth your time. If you like the X-Men in some capacity, in some really vague capacity, yep. the X-Men are a part of that. Uh, I have been waiting to tell you this about this news since I read it, Hector. On August 18th, on Shudder, a new horror film will debut. Ooh. It is called Glory Hole. <laughs> so I'm going to give you the premise, the, the quoted premise. I think I know the premise. I think I've seen this <laughs> premise in real life. Co-written by Josh Hall uh David Ian McKendry and Todd Rigney. The story takes this character Wes deep into his own psyche as he wrestles with fate and a glimpse of the unthinkable in this Lovecraft inspired comic horror. The kicker to this movie, this Lovecraft comical horror movie is that the cosmic horror that is in the glory hole is voiced by none other than JK Simmons. Yeah, that was the one. That, that, that sells the entire thing. Like, like it was like, there's so much to say about, you know, the, the, the fucking cosmic horror inside of a glory hole. I think cosmic horror is basically what a glory hole is. Honestly. Just like a, a universal yeah, glory hole. Yeah, you can either harness it for power or it's going to eat you alive or yeah. just whatever happens. You, it, when you go in, you come out a changed man in yeah. one way or There's another. There's a color out of space there. Yeah, maybe every way you come out changed, you know, because you don't know what happened in there. You just know that you were in and now you're out and you'll never be the same. That's mm. both a glory hole and any rift in a cosmic fantasy. <laughs> But if it talked to me in J.K. Simmons' voice, I I would go back to that glory hole every day. <laughs> I'm going back for second job. And, and I just I would just just let Mr. Glory Hole tell me about your day. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, the, yeah, I I can't wait. It's gonna be on um, Shutter. It's been too long since you watched something on Shutter, even though we did it like last weekend or yeah. something. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. always too long. It's always too long. Yeah. More Shutter. Yes. Over in the world of gaming, Square Enix announced uh, the a game called Tactics Ogre Reborn. Yeah, it is a remake of the remake. Tactics Ogre, Let Us Cling Together, which came out on the PSP. Um, it'll have full voiceover acting, a overhaul of the class system, and a lot more. It's going to be released on November 11th. Now, mind you, this is a remake of a remake of a game that came out on the Super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of legacy this game has right. 
for how badly people still want to play it. And every time they've re-released this game, which is only been once now, but yeah. maybe now twice, um, they always do overhauls to the game. So like uh, in the PSP version, which I never played, um, they added just a rewind system. If you if you're okay. it's a tactical RPG. So you make your move, you're locked into your move. Oh, and yeah. if your character dies, you're like, well, it's crap. I got to reload my game and whatever. Yeah. And they actually put a rewind mechanic into it. And the rewind mechanic is actually written into the dialogue or the game. Like they actually made a way to part as part of the system. So they add a new mechanic and they build on that so you're taking a game that fundamentally started in the SNES era and you're making a game that two generations three generations four generations later isn't even the same game even though it's got the same yeah. characters the same dialogue the same everything you know they they tweak it and they change it and they make it better and so this might be become the definitive version of the game and I've never played it myself yeah. this might be the version to play for me oh absolutely for, well for me and, and I was so lucky to get it this morning uh, to get the trailer this morning from a friend after um and he knew full well that I was looking for games to play on the Steam Deck. And he's like, hey, guess what? Tactics games, my friends. Yeah, yeah, tactics games. And I was yeah. like, maybe I should pick up, like, um, you know, Octopath Traveler or, like, Triangle Strategy comes out yeah. before long. Yeah. But um, whatever the fuck that is. I mean, you really just got to you just got to do the mod on your Steam Deck so you can put Game Pass on there. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, like, this sounds incredible and I'm in. Mm-hmm. I'm in. Yeah. Looks super exciting. Uh, one of the interesting pieces of news that you sent me uh, today was that Microsoft has actually started testing a rollout of a new Xbox Game Pass family plan. Um, this will allow subscribers to share their Game Pass with other people. Um, it's only available in a com- couple countries right now, but testers are able to add up to four people to their subscription as long as they're in the same country. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, this is. Um, I mean, obviously, I do this with Netflix like everyone else. But we are right now in an era where we are hearing the news every other week that Netflix is figuring, trying to figure out how to stop people from account sharing. Yeah. And Microsoft Game Pass is coming out being like, we are the best value in games. By the way, fucking share it with your friends. Yeah, share it with your friends. Like, my favorite example is um, my Spotify family plan. Yep. I hate advertisements, like, more than I did. Yeah, did, probably worse than most things in the world. I hate commercials. Yeah. And I couldn't do it. I couldn't have Spotify and use it if it had ads. So I was like, I'll just pay for this. And I found out they had a family plan mm-hmm. for, like, $5 more than the, like, $10 a month for 15 bucks a month. Yeah. I split Spotify with five other people who all have their own accounts, their own everything. They just, because I added their email to my family plan, they now have Spotify. Yeah. And it's great. And and none of us listen to ads when we yep. listen to music and it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. In quick blizzard news, a survey asking about microtransactions in Overwatch um, went out over the week. Uh, so basically, this was about Overwatch 2 and mm-hmm. what you would pay for microtransactions in it. Uh, quote, it asked uh, players if they would be willing to spend $45 on a Mythic skin, 25 on a Legendary skin, and 10 on a Weapon Charm. It, excuse me. It also asked participants how likely they would be to purchase various bundles ranging anywhere from 5 bucks for two sprays to a $30 bundle that includes a Legendary skin. Once the news of this kind of broke because the internet got pretty upset about it, yeah, um, Blizzard came out and they made a statement saying that the prices in the survey um, were randomized per user and not indicative of the final pricing. Oh, yeah. yeah, And then that's fine. I assume a lot of it was like, uh, how far can we stretch this? Right. So you, ask, so they're basically highballing you like, would you pay $100 for this? No, fuck no. Of course not. What about 50 Well, that's half off. The thing's really worth 35 right. But you feel suddenly like you're getting a deal. 
Yeah. This is a, as, as old as prostitution. This is this is a grift. Yeah. But that's fine. They're just figuring it out and they're activating Blizzard. I can't hold it. At least, them. you know, as bad as the news sounds, like at least yeah. they're asking people before they just slap it in the game like Halo Infinite and realize, oh, people don't want to buy that. Yeah. Like it's literally a survey, so I can't hold it against them. Yeah. I was I, I what I hope they do is just do a goddamn season pass like everyone else. Which is what they're doing. Yeah. So. And just yeah, and also and also like forty five dollars for a golden skin is stupid. Yeah. Exactly. Like 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 incredible. Incredibly stupid. Paying for sprays seems stupid. That, that is pretty bad. Like, does anyone care about their Overwatch sprays? Raise your I, hand. I, I care like, about... Like, you have one that is pretty unique. Right. And that's I, I care about the one that I got from going to a live event. Yeah. That is an Outlaws-themed one. And yeah. I can go, like, this spray shows that I went to an Outlaws event. Yay. Yeah. And, the, and, free. And, and that's cool as hell. And I love shit like that. And yeah. I usually end up using shit like that because it means something to me. Yeah. What doesn't mean anything to me is, like, uh, you know, Mercy's fucking, uh, like, you know, 300 skin or something. Right. And it's like, yeah, I didn't pay $45 for that. I would feel bad if i paid four to five dollars for that right. jesus christ yeah i mean that's the thing is that whenever blizzcon came around and they always do those unique blizzard skins yeah. and i'm like that's great if i went to blizzcon i would totally want that jim rayner reinhardt skin because yep. fuck it looks good but you're also saying that i could watch blizzcon for free but i could also pay 45 dollars from my home to get that skin and i'm like look i like that skin and all but if i ain't going to blizzcon now yeah, so, no, yeah. I, I don't want to make people think I went to BlizzCon right. with the skin. That's, exactly. It's a little, it's a little poserous for my age. Yeah. Um, Warner Media and Discovery's $43 billion deal is finally happening, Ooh. and it is not without casualties. Uh, HBO Max will be combining with Discovery Plus. However, due to the cost of the deal, a lot of problems have started. Uh, the Batgirl movie that was nearly completed has been canceled. The question of other shows, wh- whether other shows will be canceled, including the upcoming Flash film, are still in the air. Uh, James Gunn has come out and said Peacemaker season two is fine. Okay. Okay. That's good. That's good. That's good. Yeah. As long as Peacemaker is fine, I'm okay. Um if anything happens to Dune 2, I will lose all faith in humanity and I will kill everyone and then myself. Yeah. Like, like, get, please don't, don't touch Dune. I know Dune's probably fine because it's like has a different parent company, like Legendary or something like that. Mm. It's probably fine. But don't, don't, don't fuck with Dune 2. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah. What can I say? There's so... Oh, the best content in streaming right now is coming from HBO Max. It is. The absolutely. Service. Um, HBO Max original shows have been good. A lot of the scripted stuff coming out of HBO directly is not HBO Max, and a lot of it is not in danger. But some of the good stuff really is. And while I do, is it Discovery Plus that I have because of you? Yeah, that's what you use to watch it, all the food shows. Well, yeah, that's that's where I go for my for my food shows. That, yep. that, that's my Steam Deck content. Yep. You know, that's not something I want to watch. And the fact that some of the stuff that I really want to watch, like twenty like, seasons like, of Guys Grocery Games, yeah, the, the things that I want to dive into and really delve into, and the things that I care about finishing. Um, being right alongside, uh, you know, guys, grocery games, that's fine. But like, it, I don't know. It just seems like we're, we're, I can't help but feel like we're going to lose something because of this. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things that people are saying right now. They're like, you know, we're looking forward to like Harley Quinn season three, but yeah. we get a season four. If like there's if basically this deal costs so much, they're trying to figure out where they can save some costs. How do they cut an entire movie? Was, From what uh, I understand, they pretty much they said filmed it was 90% it. done. Yeah. That's a lot of movies. And it was a to movie that done. would have uh, Brendan Fraser in it. Yeah, like they're just cutting him out. Hollywood <sighs> just does him dirty. 
I'm so tired of Hollywood treating Brendan Fraser badly. Brendan Fraser's mm-hmm. awesome. Leave him alone. Right? He is just a national like, yeah. legend. And just, just let, let him be cool. And, and, and also don't cancel... Um, God. Doom Patrol? Thank you. Doom Patrol. The also, other thing he's in? The other thing he's in. Don't cancel yeah. Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol is an incredible show. Make more Doom Patrol. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, fingers this, crossed. Yeah, fingers crossed all of my shows survive, but like, God, this, I mean, this seems stupid. I, I, I don't think that it's this deal that's going to kill The Flash. I think it's fucking Ezra Miller that's going to kill The Flash oh, at yeah. this point. Ezra Miller's out there doing they, them violence in Hawaii mm-hmm. and like uh, probably in jail at this point. <laughs> and Just, who knows? I mean, it's, that's fine. Uh, it's not fine. Don't, don't, do, not fine. don't do violence. Um, Jeez, yeah. dude, you're supposed to be The Flash. Come on. Yeah. Just your second. Can't wait, till, wait till the movie releases. At just, least. just fire Ezra Miller if he's being a piece of shit. And just hire Grant Gustin. I hear he's not going to have a job soon. Right. He's and he flash. has experience. Right. He has in this resume. field. Nine seasons of Flash. Yeah. Just put him in there. Imagine if he showed up and they were like, okay, so here's the suit. And he's like, Jesus Christ, it fits well. And it's not made of Lycra. Oh, my God. What do you? This set is more than just facing one way. Oh, my God. Look at all these. Act- like, he would he would just blow it out of the park. Yeah. Grant Gustin as the Flash for HBO's version. And then he would convince him to put first. a musical number in it. Yeah, because they're they're all the entire cast of the CW Flash and Supergirl yeah. all come from musical theater background. If you didn't know, yep. Like the first time I was watching that with people that I knew that actually knew musical theater, they were watching it, going like, "Why are they doing this show? Like <laughs> these people are talented. They do Broadway. Like why are they on Supergirl? This is the pipeline. You don't go. From, very very few people go from Broadway to like blockbuster <laughs> or even features in general. Usually they take a turn through TV. Yep. Or they do the little snake whirly gig like Neil Patrick Harris, where he starts very on true. TV very young. He goes everywhere. All right, so bad stuff out of the way. Let's talk about fun stuff. Back half of the show, we're going to talk about San Diego Comic-Con. Ooh. We can't cover everything. How? (laughs) There's no way. But we are going to try to get to the fun stuff. Okay. So this is a weird one. And I, I have feelings about this first one, which is why I put it at the very beginning. So they showed the trailer for the movie Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves. Mm Mm-hmm. It stars Hugh Grant, Michelle Rodriguez, Chris Pine, Justice Smith, and Sophia Lillis. So there's a lot of comedy in this trailer. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was there at the dawn of time when they did the first D&D movie. The, the one with, um, not Alan with The Wayne's brother. The one with... Uh... It was the one that had the Wayne's brother. I can't remember which one. Yeah, no, I, I could only think of the bad guy. And yes, he has the weird bad guy with the tentacles came out of his ear. That's the one. Yeah, okay. Right. So I was there for that. And I remember when I watched it, I was like, why are you putting so much fucking comedy in a D&D movie? And I'm not saying that D&D can't be funny. If you've ever played D&D, it's fucking hilarious. Mm-hmm. Like everybody sits around the, the table and just makes jokes at each other. But I was like thinking, if you're going to like really have people take D&D seriously, like why are you casting this as such a comedic thing? Yeah. And this is a thing that I actually went on to my various discords with people that I know that play D&D currently. And I was like venting frustration. I was kind of going to get a 50-50 result being like, no, like... Let's have a fucking serious D&D movie. Let's make a Tolkien-esque D&D movie. Mm-hmm. And the other half were like, no, LOL. Like, that's the way D&D is. Yeah. Right? And so I talked to a lot of people about this because I didn't want to be angry about it. I wanted to understand. I wanted mm-hmm. to try and get, like, what was the vibe that, like, got people into this? And after talking with some friends, what I have discovered is, A, I am an old. No, sure. We, we are. We are an old. I am an old. And so I play a lot. I've played a lot of serious D&D in my time. 
Um, and maybe D and D not being as serious is why I go to things like Vampire the Masquerade because mm. I just like my RPGs to be a little bit serious. That's not for everybody, and everybody should be fee- feel free to enjoy a game however you want. Mm-hmm. Please, please just enjoy RPGs. Um, but a lot of the people that I heard that really enjoyed this were people who got into D and D because they were watching the series Critical Role. Yeah, and Critical Role, if you've never seen it, has a lot of actors and voice actors, and it is apparently like you know. Very serious campaign, but it's also very funny. That's kind of the point of it. I mean, you're watching people play D&D on Twitch for three hours. Yeah. You need some levity. Um, and, D- and of course, Critical Role is spun off into Vox Machina and Amazon. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a whole property in and of itself. And so after talking with them, I realized that like the D&D that I grew up with, and, I, and, and this is not an insult. This is actually kind of cool. The D&D that I grew up with, which was very serious and really hard to understand, to be perfectly honest. Mm-hmm. And the D&D that exists now, which is much more accessible to everybody, is two very different games. And so where I went into this trailer originally going like, this is bad, I don't want to watch it. I came out of it talking with my friends going, you know what, I actually really do want to see this. Because while I have not watched Critical Role myself, I want to see what the new generation of D&D looks like. Maybe it is fun and camp and silly and like maybe like... You know, fucking let it be that yeah. way, right? So I'm not going to hold it to the sins of the past, which is the first D&D movie. That being said, the first D&D movie does exist, so the bar is fucking low. Yeah, oh, super if low. If you entertain me with this movie, it's like the Resident Evil TV show. I'm like, I was entertained. So you know what? If you entertain me with this D&D movie, then you've done better probably than the original D&D movie did. Yeah. No, so, no, I'm right there with I you. I know that was a big tangent, but it was a whole process I went through because it was just like, like disgust and anger. And then I was like, but confusion, like I shouldn't be this mad about it. And then talking to people, like I honestly did reach out to people and said like, please like give me your feedback about this trailer. Like tell me where you land on this because I don't want to just, I don't want to just hate something for the sake of being like, well, that's dumb without ever giving it a shot because there's so many things in pop culture that, um, nerds, us, yeah look at online from one trailer and go, well, that's dumb. I don't want to see it. And I don't want to be that person. Yeah. Right. No, I'm with you. So, so my biggest exposure to D and D, um, I'm like, I haven't played much D and D in my life. I've sat yeah. near games yeah. and like thought they were cool. Um, I watched, a, I watched all of Harmon quest because I found it fascinating and hilarious. Right. And Spetcher Crittenden is, a, is also lots of comedy. a good dungeon master and it's lots of comedy yeah. and the celebrity guests were fun. Um, and the movie, that I saw, I didn't watch. I watched Deep Dive, um, the, the Film Joy uh, show, um, where they watch old movies that they have to enjoy no matter what. Mm-hmm. Watched a, a version of Dungeons & Dragons with the bad guy, I think it was Jeremy Irons. Yep. And um, that's what I saw. That, so the, the bar is very, very low. Yeah. I mean, Jeremy Irons is way up here, but like, and he's like, he's trying. He's doing yeah. the most. He does. And, yeah. And everyone else is just like... Like, like the movie's bad. It's a bad movie. Don't watch it. When I saw the trailer for this, I didn't anything the trailer because at first it looked like really stock fantasy, like, like someone took Tolkien and like smeared Vaseline on it. And we're just like, let's go with this. Um, but it looked like a lot of fun. And I think that's kind of what it has to be. Not because the fantasy needs to be grim dark or it needs to have a lot of levity or it needs to like have a joke every five seconds, like a Marvel movie, Mm -hmm. but just that we need, we need to be able to have fun and we need to be able to like talk about the reality of our situation because that's what people would do in that situation, Mm -hmm. especially if they were sitting around a table eating Cheetos. Right. And so, um, 
Yeah, the trailer looks cool. I definitely want to see it. It'll probably be an opening weekend for us. Yeah, probably. I'm in. Just to yeah. do it. At the Alamo so we can drink. So at least if it's bad. Oh, we're yeah. Drinking. Yeah. I, I would be surprised if the Alamo didn't have like a thing for it because it's D&D and they know that like 90% of their like moviegoers who are loyal to that franchise are nerds. That is very true. Um, it was announced that William Shatner will appear in Masters of the Universe Revolution, which is a sequel to last year's Masters of the Universe Revelation. Have you watched that? I, don't remember I that. watched it. I don't know if you did. And if you didn't, you're putting that on your list. What was it on? It was on. It's on Netflix. It is the Kevin Smith Masters of the Universe, his sequel to the 80s He-Man series that he oh, made. Oh, it wasn't it a documentary. No, it no, was no. A, it was a series. It was a, it was a cartoon? It was a cartoon. And half of it, it looked like toys. Like the actual toys were coming so, out on so, the screen. So there are two different versions of Masters of the Universe that came out on Netflix. There's the one that was made for the younger audience uh-huh. that has a more modern version of animation. Okay. Um, and then there's the Kevin Smith one, which oh. is a little bit darker. I think I missed it that go, one. Yeah, you need to go back and see that. Mark okay. Hamill plays Skeletor. He's br- fucking brilliant in it. Hmm. Um I've, I was a big He-Man fan growing up. I was really like weirdly into the lore of He-Man, mm-hmm. um, which blew my mind when I was older because I was around my 20s when I went back and started learning about the lore of He-Man and how much of it is actually built on Lovecraft mythos mm-hmm. um, and connecting certain episodes of He-Man. Like there's literally a, an episode of He-Man in the 80s where they summon an elder god. It's nice. literally not a lot of the top they're summoning. Oh, and like, okay. the, and like in the documentaries for He-Man, they're like, yeah, that was intentional. Like we put Lovecraft in a kid's show. Um, and so Kevin Smith taps into all of these old pieces of lore um, and brings them to the new series and makes it a bit darker and people do die. And, um, and it was a good series. It was a, it was one season, but it had like, it was in two parts that was okay. broken up over the year. Um, so f- absolutely fantastic. Absolutely worth your time. Um, they're doing a sequel to it. Um, and yeah, we're getting William Shatner in it. I don't know who he's going to play. I don't think yeah. they've even announced it yet. I'm trying to pick characters in my head and I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. So at this point I'm just going to roll with it. Sure. Yeah, no, sounds fun. I mean, I, I like the show. I, I, I've i never cared about William Shatner, but he does have a good voice acting voice. So yeah. I'm in. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And so, yeah, what it comes down to is that uh, Kevin Smith always works best when he's working on other people's properties. Um, he was great on The Flash and, and some of the best episodes of The Flash and Supergirl and all that were the things that he worked on because he plays well in other people's universes. Yeah, he does. And so when he got his hands on He-Man, I wasn't upset about it because I was like, the dude's going to do right by the fans. Yeah. Um, and so this is getting another season. I'm excited about it. If you haven't seen the original, do go watch it. It is definitely worth your time and you don't have to be a big he-man fan to get into it but it does make some references here and there but it's nothing that you really need to care about um also at comic-con keanu reeves berserker anime that's been in the works for some time was actually confirmed to be getting at least minimum two seasons on netflix nice um this series is an animated spinoff of keanu's comic book series Cool. So his ongoing comic book series they're doing the anime adaptation of it and netflix straight up said two seasons minimum green light go Nice. Yeah, good for them. Uh, Netflix Animation has been pretty much top-notch. So much Keanu Reeves content this week, it seems like. Yeah, no, I mean, they're just giving the people what they want. You know, we're going to get some more John Wick. We're going to get all that stuff. Well, Keanu's kind of doing all the things that he wants to do now. Yeah. Like, he isn't just taking anything. He's doing what he wants to do. And I love that for him. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, he got to to do cyberpunk, and he got to put his motorcycle in it. And, you know, he he just gets to make the things that he likes. And, And he likes action movies, and he likes comedy books and he likes motorcycles and, and he, he likes, likes the future and people he's a big and people he's, person and he's very helpful yeah um todd mcfarland at comic-con announced that apparently the 90s are back and we are getting an all-new spawn versus batman comic huh. it will be a 48 page one shot uh drawn by gay uh, the great greg capello 
So if you're unfamiliar, there was a Spawn versus Batman comic in the 90s. It was a whole thing that they did. I don't understand so, how this works. It just happens. It's no, no, just, no, no, no. It's not like a, like the universes are crossing over. It's bad. How does Batman fight Spawn? <laughs> what the fuck? I think the better question you should be asking yourself is like, why is Spawn still relevant? Well, yeah, I know. Absolutely. I don't know why Spawn gets put in anything anymore. I'm not trying like, to be a dick about it because I was a giant Spawn fan, by uh-huh. the way. Like, but it, I, was into, I was into that bullshit. But it comes from a time where everyone was, at least on the surface, outwardly very religious. Right. Or at least needed to present as religious to people around them to be accepted in polite society. Right. Um, Spawn was the edgelord. Kind yeah, of. yeah. It was absolutely the edgelord shit. And we're very much ed- ed- edging away from the edgelord shit. I mean, look at what happened to the boys from the comic to the TV show. Mm-hmm. Like like the... the uh, yeah, look look back on Edgelord movies that you loved back in the day. I dare you to go back and watch like Boondock Saints and be like, yeah, that movie holds up. Right. Shit is horrible. Right. Like, like come I mean, on. I still watch it. But yeah, like- but, but you, you won't feel good about it when you're done. You'll feel like you need a shower. <laughs> like, so I don't understand. Like, yeah, like well, why is Spawn relevant? That's very true. But how does how does Batman fight Spawn? <laughs> I, I, do, well, like, I don't care how many gadgets you have. I don't you know have. with enough time and preparation Batman can beat anybody. No, he can just come out of the ground and make the ground knives. And then, <laughs> then he die. And then he just wraps you in his cape and puts you in hell. Right. <laughs> like, I mean, the way that it worked in the original, and it's been a long time, but I do have this comic, by mm-hmm. the way, is I'm pretty sure this is one of those comics where, like, the two heroes fight each other, but then, like, the big bad shows up, and then they team up to fight the big bad, and that's... Lucifer? That's, like, like, that's it. Like, well, that's, what would Spawn do to the Joker. He would cut his fucking head off and tear all his limbs off and feed them to Satan. He's probably the best thing for Gotham City. Yes, to be perfectly right. honest. Way better than Batman is. Oh, Mr. Freeze? I mean, you like cold, huh? I, I, I just flew you to the Arctic and left you there. This isn't even like Superman level shit. Like, he can just break what you're standing on. This is like, Spawn loves to murder people with angry sharp things. Why would anyone fight Spawn who wasn't immune to sharp things? Right. I don't, yeah, it, it, you know what, I, it's fine, you know. You know, it's, it's such a stupid concept that I'm probably going to pick this one up. I don't even care. I mean, yeah, I, I kind of want to know how it goes. Yeah, I just, yeah. I got to know at this point. And the thing is, like I said, I think I own the original Spawn versus Batman comic, mm. and I can tell you nothing about it. Yeah. I can tell you about the single graphic novel Hearts of Darkness that is a crossover between the Punisher, Ghost Rider, and Wolverine. That sounds that, dope. That introduces the character of Blackheart and takes place in Rhode Island with a entire town of missing people over at Roanoke and that this is the origin story of the, the Mephisto's son Blackheart. I can tell you, I could write you a novel about that. And see, this is a good kind of crossover because everyone's right here on like equal footing. You know how they had the Defenders and it was like, I'm talking about the net Netflix show. Right, right. Not and, the original. Yeah, yeah. And it's like Jessica Jones and it's, you know, uh, D- D- Daredevil and Luke Cage and, you know, some some white kid who knows Kung Fu for some reason. And this all, they play well together. Right. They play well together. Yeah. You know what would have completely destroyed the balance of that show? Spawn? But, but yeah, Spawn. <laughs> or Thor? Or, or Thanos? You know, it's like, well, shit, I guess. You either go do the thing we're trying to do, please. We could use your help. You can wrap this up in an afternoon. Or, oh, wait, we're fighting you? Bye. Right. I've always, to be fair, like, I'm disappointed that they, we didn't at least get a cameo of, like, the Defenders in the big Endgame battle. Oh, me too. Me but too. also, there's that part of me that just goes, right, but what were they going to do? What were they going to do? 
Like, like, what were they gonna do? Just, you know, the fact that Spider Man was there, you're just like, good on you, kid. But yeah. like, well, he, you know, he had, he had a fucking Iron Man suit on. He was good, right? That was fine. He, he had an Iron Man. Without suit on. that, it, 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 they're fucking spaceships with lasers. Right. Sp- spandex Spider Man, no bueno. Yeah, no, no, no. Doesn't hold up to lasers. There were lasers flying. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know how Spawn fights Batman. I, I, I don't. It's, it's one of those things. It yeah. just—it's the crossover that nobody asked for, and here we are. Yeah, that, and that you know what? Though respect, by the way, if you're a member of our audience, audience that actually still reads Spawn, respect because apparently Spawn does still have a very small but strong following. Okay, yeah, um, and that's great. And maybe the writing's gotten better over the years. And I know that Todd McFarlane doesn't do a ton of the writing now, which could have made it better. I mean, think about early Spawn. Early Spawn, back when I was reading it, Edge Lord Spawn, yeah, wasn't just Todd McFarland. Um, Neil Gaiman wrote a lot of early mm. Spawn. You know, that's where. Angela comes from so there were cool aspects to spawn they're just it was one of those things in my life it was just like there was like that meme that like one day you and all your friends walked away from the playground and none of you realized that was gonna be the last time that you ever played on the playground together mm-hmm. and that's what it was for spawn one yeah. day I was obsessed I had the toys I mean my grandparent mom my grandmother bought me the toys she bought me the comics um we watched the HBO show together I'm mm-hmm. um, like I was into spawn and it was just one day I just walked away from spawn and never came back yeah weird just weird um but now it is time to talk Marvel. Oh man, here we go. Woo, strap in, here we go. Wrapping up phase four of the MCU, we got a trailer for She-Hulk. We got a trailer for She-Hulk, and I loved it. Yeah. It looks fun. Fun, fun in a good way. Yeah. Fun in um fun in a Miss Marvel kind of way. Yeah, some people are like, boo the CG. I'm like, I don't know, man. We'll just wait till it comes out and the, judge a bit. The CG you saw was early. It's probably not even final. Those people are working very, very hard. Yeah, and we will someday talk about the VFX artists at Marvel because mm-hmm. that is a serious conversation that we actually do need to have. It is. That is a conversation for the boss room, and we'll save it for later. Yeah, um, but uh, the uh, yeah, She Hulk looked cool. Yeah. It looked. I love the she actress. Broke the fourth wall. They That's have all doing I care it. About. Yeah, um, I, I love that Mark Ruffalo is there as the sidekick. That is mm. a lot of fun. That's yeah. going to be a lot of fun. Everything about that looks great, but we do need to mention that we got a trailer for Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. Wakanda forever. Did you see the trailer? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And um, it was really, really, really fucking good. Um, Oof. so I have watched the trailer probably about 15 times. Yeah. Um, I went over to a friend's house and had her watch the trailer and I was like, by the way, just like pour yourself a glass of wine and maybe grab a tissue. Cause here we go. Mm-hmm. She was like, no. And then we watched it and she's like, yep. Yeah. yeah. And there are videos that you can watch online of people watching this trailer for the first time and they are crying. Um, it is a mixture of the particular music that they chose for it. Yeah. Um, at least I will say at least one of the tracks is something that was very important to, uh, during the black lives matter movement. Mm -hmm. Um, there's a lot of elements to this trailer, um, that is hard to unpack every single scene of it. Yeah. And this is the final Marvel film of phase four. This is going to close it out. And I know that we've had a lot of harsh criticisms about phase four. A lot of people have had a lot of harsh criticisms about phase four. Yeah. I mean, I have a few. Yeah. But I think this is the movie that if they're going to go out, it looks like they're going big. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Let's not forget. This is, um, I mean, it's, we, we got Ryan Coogler back. Mm He is, he's doing the whole thing. And if anyone is interested, there is um, police cam footage of him having a gun drawn on him for trying to withdraw his money from a bank in Atlanta while they were filming this movie. 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, he has a lot to say about mm-hmm. the black experience, and I have a feeling it's a lot of it's going to come out in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, we got our first look at Namor the Submariner. Yeah. And instead of Atlantis, they've gone with a much more um, Aztec style for him, which I love. Yeah. Yeah, oh, the, so the, cool. the costuming, like the new costuming has all been amazing. All the actors look incredible. That mm. In the trailer, they really do pay. Uh, they, they, they let you know that Chadwick is gone, mm-hmm. um, but they, 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 they don't express it. They, they don't like do a funeral scene in the trailer. They just mm. like, you get it. Yeah. You get it. You, you get just by the tonality on everyone's face and every shot that they use for the trailer that like something is missing and like people are grieving a loss it's yeah. very somber but also really cool and really interesting it ends very hopeful it does like that's, it goes through a gamut of emotions which is why i said like you know if you watch people's reactions on youtube they cry and they smile and like it's it's three minutes long yeah and yet just like it takes you through a journey just by the trailer itself. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't think that that's going to be just the trailer. I think that's oh, going to yeah. be the experience of watching the movie. Yeah. Agreed. Absolutely yeah. agreed. So that closes out phase four and that brings us into phase five. Mm-hmm. So we've got a big chart. It was given out at Comic-Con being like, here's what's up next, y'all. So uh, phase five starts with Ant-Man and the Wasp, uh, Quantumania. Quantumania. So February 17th, 2023. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're hearing it be a little bit more serious in tone in parts, so it'll be, still be fun, but okay. they're going to go a little bit more serious with it. Yeah. MN2, uh, a little weak for me. So yeah, yeah. it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, from there we'll be getting secret invasion. Um, that's a series that will be streaming on Disney plus in 2023. Uh, it will be a quote crossover event series and it will showcase quote, a faction of shape shifting scrolls who have been infiltrating the earth for years. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Yep. That's good. Mm-hmm. That, yep. We've been getting a lot of that lately from Nick Fury, et cetera. Yep. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy volume three is up next, uh, May 5th, 2023. The byline, we didn't see a trailer for it. The byline for it was, uh, Peter Quill still reeling from the loss of Gamora and Endgame must rally his team to defend the universe along with protecting one of their own. Um, they said it's a mission that if not completed successfully could quite possibly lead to the ends of the guardians as we know them. We know that this is James Gunn's final Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Mm -hmm. And we know that this is a story from what he has said. It's going to be very, very heavily centered around, um, rocket and what he went through when he was created fucking cool yeah, yeah. that sounds great i'm in yeah um some more disney plus shows were announced uh echo um from uh the hawkeye series yep. Lo- loki season two cool. um those are both coming out summer of uh, 23 iron halt uh, iron heart is coming out in fall of 23 we got our first hints about that in the black panther trailer and to wrap up uh the winter of 23 will be agatha coven of chaos um, other five phase five films will include Marvel's blade and wrapping things up for phase five will be captain America, new world order. Ah, yeah. Yeah. And that's uh, Sam Wilson as captain America. Captain, that is Sam Wilson. That is our captain America. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. I'm ready. My body is ready. New world in order is an interesting title because going back to the captain America films, we start with this very patriotic Captain America, oh, yeah. um, you know, in the World War Two era. And then we move to a Steve Rogers who um, slowly becomes more and more disillusioned by the government mm-hmm. um, because they want more control. They're not really thinking of the people. And now we're kind of and they've been kind of spy thrillers, even like 
Winter Soldier. There was an espionage. Oh, very much so. Yeah. Um, Now we're getting this title, which is Captain America, New World Order. And we have our new Captain America, Sam uh, Wilson, coming in. And he's not only seen the things that have happened before him, but it's contending with a whole new world in which superheroes are kind of the norm. But also there's like global powers trying to fight for control. Yep. Um, no longer it's just S.H.I.E.L.D. trying to be the, the world's police, right? Um, we have no information about it, but there's a lot of speculation that can be made just by the term alone, I think. Mm-hmm. Or the, the name alone. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, and three films were announced for Phase 6, and there was a big open chart on Phase 6. There was a lot of open spots for where they could put stuff. Um, the first one was Fantastic Four. Yep. The second one was Avengers The Kang Dynasty. And the last one was Avengers Secret Wars. Yeah. And um, Kevin Feige said that they really wanted to only start using the Avengers titles for movies when they're supposed to be a big one. Okay. Yeah. No, that's good. That's so, good. I mean, having uh, two Avengers movies in the same phase is, is, is... Well, I mean, that's Endgame and that sounds like Endgame all over again. It game. really does. It really, really does. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. The whole Kang thing sounds really interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe we'll get some Loki action going in there. Absolutely. I mean, um, we get Loki season two before that. Oh, so. yeah, definitely. But, like, you know, yeah. we'll get some, like, like Avenger Loki. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, at some point... That means that Loki will come face to face with Thor and yeah. that's going to, and this is two years away at this point. Yeah. That that's a lot of emotional damage that man is going to have to deal with. Not only is it a lot of emotional damage, but like, like it's not that it's not his Loki. So there's like a right. whole other thing going on there. Trauma y'all. Yeah. Trauma. <laughs> the, yeah. the core of the MCU is trauma. All right. So there's some non MCU titles, but they are Marvel related. So let's talk about those. And that's how we're going to kind of wrap up the show. Um, the first one is uh, X-Men 97. So that's the animated series from Marvel Studios that's based on the 90s cartoon, the X-Men, the animated series. They're just like rebooting that? Is that how uh, it goes? No. So they're going to explore new uh, stories in the, the 90s timeline. So I've watched a lot of v- videos about this, actually. Okay. Um, it takes place after the final episodes of the 90s X-Men show. So if you want to get ready for this, go on Disney Plus, watch yeah. the uh, 90s X-Men show, watch it all the way to the end. It's a great show. Yeah. Yep. And, 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 and then watch Gargoyles. Then the new show is going to pick up kind of afterwards. But they also kind of came out and said, like, look, there's some plot inconsistencies and some stuff that happened because it was just a it was ri- it was written the way that it was and yep. filmed the way that it was. They were adapting so, comics willy nilly. So, so we're still taking place after that show but we're going to have a couple episodes that's going to kind of correct some of those plot inconsistencies so that you can go back, watch mm-hmm. the original, get ready for the new one, and the new one will pick up, and there you go. Mm-hmm. So, um, And I think that it's already been given a second season, actually. Oh, is what fuck they yeah. Good. So there it is. Yeah. Um, a trailer for the second season of What If, which was apparently Emmy-nominated. I didn't realize that. Good. Yeah, What If yeah. was awesome. Um, so, yeah, they showed a trailer for What If. Um, it is not going to directly tie into all of the events of the first one yeah that's fine they still want to go and make it it feels like more of a series to set up other stuff rather than a series to like continue in its own consistency right you know what i mean and that's what i want from what if i don't want i don't want to go into what if season two and be like well i gotta watch all of what if because whatever happens in dr strange three and the eyeballs of forehead yeah you know and, and the worst thing i can think of is like oh here's like the agent carter episode part two and it's right. like like this isn't like we want 
the point is new stories. Right. When I, when I, as a kid, whenever I would pick up an issue of what if I wasn't necessarily wanting a continuation of it, there was a couple of exceptions. I want to say like the, what if Phoenix hadn't died? What if was like a two parter? And I was like, yeah, mm. I was down for that. Sounds but cool. like that was taking literally 20 comics and condensing it into two issues. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when it comes to what if I want my one offs and yeah, at the end, I guess you can try and. I like I, I did like in what if where they tied everything up in, yep. the, in a bow at the end, but also that's not what I come to what if for, and maybe I'm biased because I read the comics growing up. But well, I can't... As, as as a fellow lover of anthology stuff, yeah, it's like the way that you're telling a short story, you can actually get away with not tying a bow on it, right? It, it, especially in like American culture, all of our big movies have to have a bow on the end. Like they just have to everyone when you have a movie that ends either sadly or obscurely, that's all anyone won't shut the fuck up about. And, right. and it usually gets labeled. It's not worth your time. Except for the Sopranos. And yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, with anthology stuff, when you only spent 15 or 20 minutes on the story and it ends in a very realistic and like interesting way, you're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Next one. Yeah. And that's what I love about what if, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So, I mean, you don't have to tie it all together, but yeah. What if season two, pretty excited about that. Um, actually because there was the Marvel zombies episode of what if, mm-hmm. um, there were a lot of people that were like, that was good, but that isn't really what the Marvel zombies like comics were. The Marvel zombies comics are very different because like those zombies actually have some kind of self-awareness. Yeah. They're not just mindless zombies. Um, so what they're doing is they're actually going to make a Marvel zombies series. And I think it's going to be a little bit closer to what the Marvel zombies comic is. Okay. So that'll be pretty fascinating. That's going to be on Disney Plus. Um, I think it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be animated. So it, don't expect what you saw in What If to translate to it. But, you know, it sounds like it'll be a good time. Animation is kind of the name of the game with a lot of this bonus stuff that they're doing. Yeah. Um, they're doing a series called Spider-Man Freshman Year. Okay. Um, and it's going to basically follow Peter Parker through his high school years. And they actually, before they even uh, got to announce it, they said there's going to be a second season, which is going to be Spider-Man uh, sophomore year. Yeah. Now, I don't think Tom Holland's playing Spider-Man in this, mm-hmm. but I think that while it may not be MCU um, directly in air quotes, um, they're going to try and fit it in to make it like fit with what happened in the movies okay. a little bit. So. Uh, they showed a trailer for I am Groot, which is a collection of five original shorts based on the character Groot. Um, it's going to be him kind of growing up from little Groot into, you know, bigger Groot. Um, and yeah, it's going to be like, all of it's going to be available on August 10th. Um, so like, like, yeah, yep. Sweet. A week from now. Yeah. I mean, we'll be watching this at your place probably. And it's just Groot being Groot. And I love it. Probably isn't going to have a lot of dialogue. I yep. believe that they actually are going to. There are episodes from what I've heard where Rocket Raccoon's in them. Okay, um, but you know he's just the main. It's Groot's the main character. So yeah, let, no, let Groot, Groot do Groot things. Yeah, Groot rules. Yeah. So that was kind of everything for the Marvel wrap up. That's everything that happened in San Diego Comic Con. If that wasn't enough Marvel news for you, I don't know what you expected. Yeah. Point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know what you want from them. I don't know what you want from us. Except. <laughs> D23 is coming up. So if you're wanting more Marvel news, D23 is going to be around the corner and they're just going to probably announce even more Marvel shit. More and more stuff. Yeah. I I hope they announce another Guardians of the Galaxy game. God, please. Yeah. Yeah. I hope we get that. Um, just, just do a better job making video games, Marvel. Like, well, like, well, what are you waiting for? Right. Stop giving the license to people who just ruin it. Exactly. Do, do good things. Do more good things. I want to see the first D23 announcement to be like, we're canceling Marvel's Avengers, by the way, the game. Yeah. Yeah. We, we fired, we basically fired EA. Yeah. We're yeah. done. And calling it a day. Yeah. We're not making that any more Square of that Enix, shit. I want to say. Oh, that's right. It was Square Enix. Yeah. Which is weird. Cause that's the same company that gave us the Guardians of the Galaxy game. And you're just like, I mean, different studios. But, yeah. You know. 
just it is what it is but yeah that's a ton of marvel news that's a ton of nerdy news um we're sorry that we missed a week but life happens yeah um we hope that you really love the new music that we're going to have hopefully in the show um should i edit this correctly um (laughs) and that is honestly everything that we have for the show this week uh don't forget that you can head over to goodnight.gg to become a patron of our show you can head over to facebook.com slash gnggcast where you can chat with us um as well as go over to gng at gnggcast on twitter to talk to me directly because i'm bored and i'm always on twitter until next time, for Hector, this is James. And for James, this is Hector. Everyone, good night. And good game. 